Social media and our culture is flooded with the talk about self-care. Everyone is talking about it, and there are a lot of strong opinions about it. Maybe you've even heard someone say, I can't take on that project at work or that role in the sorority. It won't be good for my health. Or I can't go to that thing. I need my me time. Maybe you're someone who thinks self-care is the most important thing you could ever do. You have to love yourself first, right? Or maybe you're someone who thinks the opposite. You think loving yourself is the most selfish thing you could ever do, and you hate that this is a buzzword these days. I love a good spicy topic and engaging with different views, so I'm really excited to dive into this topic and just get a biblical basis for it. So let's pop open the hood of self-care and see what it's really all about. This week, we're going to be hearing from Adrian. Adrian has been doing a lot of research into this topic of self-care, so I'm excited to pick her brain. Adrian, when you think of self-care, what kind of comes to your mind? Yeah, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is just really like the flood of social media posts about self-care. I know you guys probably all can relate to this, but they're like, do this, do that, don't do this. And really, it's all about you. And Guys, I'll be honest here. I have gotten sucked into that trap of thinking it's all about me and I've got to prioritize myself. But when you really step back and, you know, look at it from an aerial view, you'll see that self-care at the core is self-centered and it's selfish. And in our culture today, there's no shortage of voices saying this life is all about you. And so as I've looked into this, you know, phenomenon of self-care even more, I believe there really is a way to approach self-care in a selfless way, you know, where you're establishing everyday rhythms to better care for yourself and others so that you can glorify God uh, with your life. But when you're thinking about how you're caring for yourself, you have to think through the lens of, you know, how am I caring for myself spiritually or physically, mentally and personally so that you can steward what God has given you and you can do that into the glory of God. But like you mentioned earlier, I mean, this is such a hot topic and self-care is definitely a buzzword and there's a lot of conflicting views here. And so I think that's really what's made me want to dive into this more and try to understand this phenomenon. I agree with you, Adrian. I have a pretty critical reaction when I hear the word self-care. Like I think my immediate reaction is, oh, you don't really want to do something. And so you're just going to use the excuse of, I need to take care of myself in order to not do it because no one can really tell you, you can't do that these days. It feels like so offensive to be like, oh, you shouldn't prioritize yourself first. But when I practically think about like taking care of myself, there have been some things that I've done that have really changed my life for the better. And so I'm excited to talk more about this because I think I'm confused about what is what is self-care? What is the biblical view of self-care? So what would you say, Adrian? How would you define self-care? Well, I didn't make up this definition. I got it online. But so self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. And so whether that's physical, emotional, social, spiritual, et cetera. And so based on this definition, self-care is not something that we should have to like add into our schedule or really like force, but it should be something that's a part of our everyday rhythm, life, and routines. Mm-hmm. And so 
I'm always thinking about, you know, whenever we're on this podcast is like, what does the Bible have to say about this topic? And you aren't going to find the word self-care at all in the Bible, spoiler alert. Um, But the Bible does give us all the wisdom we need and how to follow God and glorify him. And so I want to dive into some passages that can just really relate um, to this topic. And so, Kim, would you read Philippians 2, 3 through 4? Yes, I would love to read it. But, you know, before we get into the scriptures, you know, I can't help but think God is our creator. He's the one who made us and he knows how we work best. And so I think it's very important that we really look to the scriptures to see how does God want us to take care of ourselves? Absolutely. That's crucial. Yeah, very crucial. Okay. So Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, um, you know, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Do not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. The Bible is very clear here. We are to be humble. Yes, we are to consider others above ourselves and not just focus on our own interests, but really look to the interests of others. I love what Mark 12, 30 through 32 says. It says we are to one, love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so you may recognize this as the first commandment. But then two, he says, we are to love your neighbor as yourself. And so, yeah, you read that at first and you go, love your neighbor as yourself. So what does this mean? You know, do we have to love ourselves before we can love others? You know, not quite. And so really what this is saying, and as much as you would care for yourself, that should be how we love others. So yes, obviously you should care for yourself. That is a very natural thing um, to want to do. That should be a part of the everyday rhythms that you're already doing, but you're doing both. You are caring for others also. You're humbly, sacrificially putting others' interests above your own. You're doing both. I would agree. I think it is both. Well, that answers my first big question, because I think that's been my struggle with self-care as a believer is, well, the Bible says that I should put others above myself. So yeah, Leah, you are right. Like God, he wants us to love others in the same way which we love ourselves. And really like what Kim said, have a servant-like attitude in the way we set aside our own wants and our own desires and our own selfish ambition and to put others first. And so both are necessary, but really what it breaks down to is self-care is always for the purpose of loving God and loving others. It doesn't just stop at ourselves. And so I want us to think through that new framework when we're thinking of self-care is where where is it starting? Obviously, it's going to start with yourself. And then from there, that's going to flow into how we love God and how we love and serve others. That's good, Adrian. I think that that shows the difference in how the Bible would address self-care versus how the world would address self-care. Because I think that when I typically think of self-care, I think of it's about me. Like when I think about the why behind self-care, it's just to make me feel better. But from a biblical basis, it's taking care of myself so I can better serve other people. So I think getting down to the why is really helpful when we're talking about self-care. Absolutely. Cause I'm sure you guys think of like spa days or hikes or like strolls through target. Like that's what our culture is saying. Like self-care is, and none of those things are necessarily bad, but that isn't necessarily biblical self-care. Right. And you know, this is just me. But it seems like I can do those things, like get my nails done and make a fun target run. But it still kind of feels empty inside. It doesn't solve 
you know, the stress or the problems and stuff that I have. And so then I think, oh, I need to do more. So it's almost like it's like a selfish monster. You know, it's like more, more, I need more, more. And actually it doesn't really, it's not fixing it. Absolutely. And I really think that goes into my first point about where self-care really starts. And so I want to throw a disclaimer here. When I say self-care, it's really going much deeper than self. What I'm really talking about is more of, you know, like the soul, how your whole being is glorifying God. And it really starts with, you know, spiritually, how are you spiritually caring for yourself? And everything from there is just going to follow, you know, how we care for ourselves physically and mentally and personally, but it really all is going to stem from how we care for ourselves spiritually. And so this is the most important way we can care for ourselves because like him said, yes, God, he knows us best. He knows what we need and what we need is a relationship with him. And how do we get to know him better through prayer and through the reading of his word and someone they told me this quote in college and I'll never forget it because it's really just stuck with me. But it said, reading the Bible is God talking to us and prayer is us talking to God. And I think that is such a good picture of what our relationship with God looks like, of how we talk to him and how we get to know him better. You guys are godly women and I want to pick y'all's brain because I'm sure you guys have some great wisdom to share. But what are some practical ways we can make spiritual self-care a priority in our lives? Boy, I can think of a lot of things. Leah, I know you probably can too. But, you know, recently I have been trying to practice a day of rest. The Bible calls that a Sabbath. But I always kind of viewed it as kind of an Old Testament thing and that, um, but not really a practical thing for me to do, like when I was in college and out of college. But now later in life, I'm like, okay, God made me. And he knows how I work best. And he has said throughout time that we need a day of rest. And so it's just fun that we have a God who says, I want you to rest. You know, he could have said, I want you to work hard, really hard and, you know, never (laughs) stop. He didn't say that. He said, I want you to take a day and I want you to rest. And so I have found that that has been a very helpful thing in my life to really prioritize spiritual self-care because it causes me to slow down, to think about the things I'm doing and to really evaluate, is this, am I living the life that I think God wants me to live because I'm stepping away from my normal everyday and um, I'm trying to just enjoy what I have and spend a little extra time with him. And I think it is an important part of self-care and I don't think it's selfish. What do you think? That's a really good, Kim. I completely agree. And I think that the part of my walk with God that I'm the most passionate about right now is memorizing scripture, scripture memory, probably, probably because I have never really successfully memorized scripture until this past year, because I just didn't have a system where I felt like I could keep up with it. And every morning I love doing my scripture memory. It feels like a spa for my heart when I'm reviewing my verses because they're verses that I love. They're verses about how God takes care of me, how he has a good plan for my future, how I can have joy, how um, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I can just focus on today. And so I think that scripture memory is one of the biggest spiritual self-care rhythms in my life right now. And it's just, it's just fun. I look forward to it. And Leah, I always enjoy when you get to post your little 
um, scripture memory box on your Instagram and how cute it is and how you organize it. If you guys want to know how Lee organizes it, just go follow her on Instagram. She probably has a highlight about it already. Yeah. Yes, I do. I definitely have an Instagram highlight about it and it's cute and aesthetic, which also just feels like self-care to me. I love a good aesthetic as in any way that I can. So, um, if you guys want more info on that, definitely Instagram me. Gosh, that's awesome, guys. I love just the idea of resting and Sabbath, and I love the idea of scripture memory. I think something for me that's been really crucial this season is just studying scripture. I was always someone who was known to do a one-year Bible. I would blitz through the Bible so fast because I just wanted to know what it said, and um, I listened to like great like podcasts that helped me get through the Bible in a year and all those things, but this is the first time that I really just slowed down, and I have been in First John for a long time, guys, like two months probably. And there's only five chapters in that book, but it's been so good for me just to slow down and really try to understand what the verses are saying and how I can apply that to my life um, as I'm walking with God. And so that's something I um, always want to challenge people to do to slow down and study scripture too. Yeah, I, that's what I'm really enjoying right now too, is just my Bible study and uh, it just soaks it in. But, you know, I enjoy scripture memory too, you know, just pausing and really chewing on a little truth and trying to marinate my heart with it. But, you know, we talked about this, this season, but the importance of having a clean heart and dealing with the hurts, because we can do all the target runs we want to, but in, if we've got some hurt in our heart, we have to deal with that. And it just feels so good once you're feeling right with God and feeling right with other people. And you have to go through the forgiveness steps to get there. And so I think just keeping a clean heart is really good spiritual care and being able to process how you feel and how other people have made you feel um, is just very important. Kim, I think you bring up a good point there because I think that's where the world's view of self-care and a biblical view of self-care might be different because forgiveness steps feel hard whenever you first start doing them, but then the result is so refreshing. And so I think that when we're thinking about a biblical view of self-care, sometimes the things that we do to take care of ourselves actually feel hard and maybe don't feel like just so good in the, in the moment, but then the result is uh, just taking care of our souls and taking care of our hearts. So I think that that is a distinguishing factor between how the Bible would talk about self-care and how maybe Instagram would talk about self-care. Oh yeah. I'm so guilty of that. I want the easy way out quickly. I don't want to do the hard work. (laughs) And what a surprise that God's way is different than what the culture tells us. (laughs) Surprise, (laughs) surprise, surprise. Well, yeah, I think you make a great point because, you know, when I think of physical self-care, I feel like that's like the most obvious one to most people when they think of self-care. It's like, okay, like what are we doing physically to like care about ourselves? Um, and the Bible actually does affirm this, like we should take care of ourselves. We are here to steward our bodies. And so that's every part of our body, what we're intaking, how we are um, exercising, all of those things. We are to be a people that follow Christ and our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So yes, we need to be prioritizing a healthy lifestyle. That's no surprise there. And um, for me, I love staying active, but I'll tell you guys, I am a sedentary person. I mean, I can be found sitting at my office chair eight hours a day or five days a week. And then when I get home, this is like so embarrassing, but I just want to sit on the couch and I want to watch a show or I want to scroll or I just want to like admire my plants that are thriving right now in the Arizona sun. And I just want to sit. 
but my body was not designed to do that. It needs to move. And so that's been something that I've been trying to do recently is really just prioritize being active. And so I've gone through many different seasons, whether that's jazzercise, whether that is going to the gym and lifting. I've done a couple different things over time, but that is something I've just really been trying to take priority for because my body was made to move. What yeah. about you guys? I completely agree, Adrian. I believe that endorphins are God's grace to humanity. <laughs> like the <laughs> fact that there's something we can do every day to relieve our anxiety and balance our emotions. I I'm someone who has a lot of emotions in a day. And so the fact that I can work out and do something that just balances everything, it's crazy how different I feel about my life after I jazzercise. I, Adrian got me on the jazzercise train. I am an at daily jazzerciser. So it is crazy how I feel about my life after I jazzercise versus before. Um, I think it's just sweet of God that he would give that to us, that there is something we can choose to do each day that just makes us feel better. It makes us feel more thankful. So I agree. I think that working out has been a self-care rhythm that I have been able to implement more regularly in my life the past couple of years. Well, I went through life thinking, oh, well, after, you know, my child gets a little bit bigger, then I'm going to go to the exercise, you know, go to the gym and exercise or after this particular, you know, point in time, then I'll exercise. So I kept putting exercise off and off and off. And so I've really tried to make it a priority during this season. And it, I agree, it really does help. I do not like exercising, but I do like having exercised. And so I make myself go to the gym. I try to trick myself. It's like, just go for 15 minutes. And then I get there and then I do my whole workout, you know, but I enjoy walks in the sun. I enjoy, those are the types of things I enjoy. But one thing that I wanted to bring up about physical self-care is sleep. I don't know what it is, but I think sometimes in Christian circles, we think that a lack of sleep is more spiritual. But, oh, yeah, this shows like we're more good, busy Kim. or more productive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I think sleep is an opportunity to trust God that you are not enough to get it all done. And you say, God, I'm not enough to get it all done. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to get my rest. And then I'll trust you with the rest of it. And so I just think we shouldn't rule out sleep. Um, I know there are times that maybe, you know, someone needs to stay up late and talk and process their breakup. And that's fine. But don't let that be your rhythm of regular where you're just denying your body a chance to heal and rest so that you can function at your best. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so glad you mentioned that one because I, it's totally underrated. Yeah, girl, I am totally preaching to my single self because I was like, I can, I would go days without sleep and that is just not healthy. Kim, I'm glad you brought up sleep too, because I love my morning routine. I feel like I have my morning routine of self-care down between my spiritual self-care with my quiet time, my physical self-care with my jazzercise, but it's at night that I think that I have not done a great job of setting myself up to care for myself well. And something that I'm still trying to implement is more of a nighttime routine and um, some suggestions that I've gotten is to, first of all, do something called a mind dump mind dump where you just write out all of your thoughts going on in your head. It kind of, if you have a lot of anxiety that builds up throughout the day, and then it kind of makes it hard to sleep. If you just kind of write all of the thoughts in your head until you fill a whole page, that's something that's been helpful for me, for my brain to kind of 
get all that out before I go to sleep. And then also to write five things that I'm thankful for. And that helps me go to sleep with just a better attitude and better Happy heart. Thoughts. And that has really helped me with sleep. That's good, Leah. I think that's a great rhythm in life. We've been setting our phones on the opposite side of the room. I was a total, you know, like scroller before I went to bed type of girl. And we now our phones opposite side of the room. So go in there, plug them in, get under the covers. And I know it's bedtime. That's so smart. I have a friend that uses an old fashioned alarm clock too. She'll not use her phone uh, as her alarm clock even. So she doesn't get on her phone before bed and in the morning. And I honestly haven't been brave enough to do that. <laughs> I really should, but I just honestly haven't wanted to give that up, uh, give up my phone, but that would, that would be good for me. It was hard. Dave still holds me accountable to it. Cause you know, we'll come back from vacation and I'll just, you know, like forget, or we're traveling or something. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot we do this. <laughs> cause yeah. I think just selfishly I want it. Cause I just, I don't know. That's how I am, I guess. Um, but yeah, I want to get to some other points because I know we're going to run out of time on this podcast, but um, mental self-care is also so important, guys. And Leah, I know you brought this up with just anxiety and depression, and I know so many of us um, can struggle with that. And so it's no surprise that our thoughts just really have a deep impact on our life. And so we got to be careful with what we are filling um, our minds with. And so for you guys, what have been some things that negatively filled your mind with in the past? And just what have been some of the negative results of that? I'm my own worst critic. And so a lot of times, a lot of negativity floats around in my brain. And uh, it's a battle to get it out of there. And that's why I like scripture memory, because I just have to kind of talk to myself and um, and trust that uh, what God says about me is more important than what I'm thinking and feeling at that moment. Um, I tend to assume the worst in a situation. And so uh, the results of those things are just, I get grouchy, I get depressed, I get down on myself and I get down on other people. So it just, it really doesn't have a good ending when I let those negative thoughts run wild. What about you, Leah? Ooh, guys, I have a hot take here. Ooh, share. Please. Are you ready? But I, I feel like I can share it because I I did walk through some depression earlier this year um, and learned a lot in it. And one of the things that was really feeding my depression was just really thinking about myself. Really? Just kind of sitting okay, and go. thinking about just things that I wish were different. Just like just sitting and thinking about my, my life and things that I was sad about. And I actually read that one of the things that leads to, leads to depression is just like a, a sense of narcissism, like just thinking about yourself a lot. And one of the things that helped me the most and encouraged me the most in my depression was going out and getting involved in other people's lives and problems, like going and sitting with people and, at, and, and instead of talking about myself and what I was going through, asking them, how are you doing? Like what's going on with you and helping them process um, their own stuff. And I think that's some, that's like maybe one, uh, misconception of self-care. Cause in that, in that moment, if I would, if I would have just been thinking, what do I want to do? What would make me feel good? I would have just stayed at home, you know, not gone out and not been with people, but what I actually needed was to get out and go get involved in other people's lives. And that really encouraged me when I was going through some depression. That's quite an insight, especially for this topic. 
Yeah, especially as we've been sharing, you know, like self-care isn't necessarily bad, but what it starts with you so that you can pour out into others and um, really just display the love of Christ to others in that way. And so I think that's no surprise there, even though it is like shocking to hear at first, but when we really like think about it, it shouldn't be that surprising at all because we were made to show love to other people. Okay, well, I got the hard one over. We ripped the Band-Aid off. So. Okay, good. <laughs> Tell me about some positive um, things that you have filled your mind with and just the positive results of that. I think sometimes for me, when my mind goes into these negative places, I have to pause and say, okay, Kim, what's true right now? Because I go into the, all the what ifs and, and it's like, you know what? That's not even true. It hasn't even happened. And so being able to really focus on what's true right now and what the Bible says um, is true. And I just have to choose to think about those things. And that really brings a lot of joy in my life. And uh, and I don't overreact. I'm not like full of drama. It's like, you know what? That could happen, but maybe it won't. Um, I prayed about it. <laughs> and I'm, it's not true right now. And so I'm going to rest and uh, trust that God will take care of me. And if something crazy happens, I'll just trust that he's going to take care of me in that. So those are the positive things that have really helped. And like I said, I keep banging the same little drum, but the forgiveness steps and being able to resolve the hurts, the little hurts and stuff that you experience throughout the day um, on a regular basis really make a huge difference. And we I'll link that episode below so you can access it. That's really good, Kim. I think something specifically for my single girls out there um, that I've been filling my mind with, I think something that I can miss the most um, when it comes to having a boyfriend is even just like looking forward to hearing from them, whether that's a phone call or a text. And so something that I've been doing is keeping a note on my phone um, of just like things that make me feel seen by God. Um, And so throughout the day when different things will happen that I'm like, oh, I think that that was from God. Um, that show that he see that he sees me, whether that's a friend telling me I'm pretty, um, or that I look pretty or just something I see in nature, just keeping a list of those things just fills my mind with really positive, um, yeah, things that makes me feel really taken care of. Oh, I'm so glad you guys shared those things. I think that is so sweet and we have to be really careful what we can fill our mind with. And so whether that is news, whether that's following a million influencers on Instagram and just thinking, wow, I wish I had clothes shipped to my door and I never had to worry about what I was going to wear because they all just showed up on my front doorstep and I got to unbox them to all my um, friends and followers. And so we just really got to be careful what we are filling our mind with because there can be both positive and negative impacts to that. So I think you guys shared some really um, good things. Well, last but not least, personal self-care. So this one I feel like is the easiest to define. And so don't think too much into it, but it's really just doing the things you love to do. It's doing the things that you enjoy. And so for me, I love going to Home Goods and smelling all of the candles. That is a guilty pleasure of mine. I also love Chinese foot massages. Mm. You can hate on it, but I love it. Getting to hang out with friends and trying new restaurants in Phoenix. And so those are the things that are really refreshing to me. But now that I've kind of exposed myself, um, <laughs> you guys tell me what you guys like to do. Hey, I've had a Chinese foot massage and you, they're no joke. I mean, they are. Are they good? Nice. I've never had one. Yes. There, there are tons of them here in Phoenix. But I need to try it. It's definitely an experience. I would describe it like 
you are getting a massage, but like at a nail salon. And so you're around lots of other people getting a massage and you're fully clothed. And it's not like oh. the same like relaxing experience that you think of a massage to be. But I just personally love them. So I'm a big fan. I bought one for Sean <laughs> for Christmas <laughs> or, for his birthday. Well, that's how I got a foot massage. He was like, babe, I'm not going to use this thing. <clears throat> so I'm not really the best gift giver in the world. But anyway, I got to benefit from it. <laughs> I am unique. I love to organize things. It brings me such joy to organize a drawer, to empty out and throw out all the yuck and reorganize it and organizing my closet. I just, oh, it can be so refreshing to me. And uh, I really enjoy capsule wardrobing. Um, I love being able to kind of really narrow down a few key items that I really enjoy that mix and match with each other. And it just helps me feel prepared for the day. Um, I love reading a book. Once I start a book, it is very hard for me to put it down. I love gardening. I love watching things grow and I like working with my hands because I don't get to work with my hands very often. And uh, I enjoy watching sunsets and sunrises. For some reason, that just makes me feel like all is right in the world. I call these happies, you know, just little simple joys that, um, that don't take much time a lot of times, but just to just to kind of pause and kind of look at what we have and, and enjoy it. Leah, what about you? I love going all out for every holiday. I just like to go full send on all of them. And so currently it's Halloween. And so this weekend I'm planning to try to create a fun, like cider with dry ice. So <laughs> like the, when you put the dry ice in the drink, it like all this fog light comes out. I, it kind of like works my creativity and just my aesthetic all together. And so I love that's one thing that is refreshing to me is thinking, oh, how can I get really into whatever holiday season I'm in right now? It's really refreshing to me. That's super fun. Reminds me of my mom growing up. She was always really into decorating and all the things. And it was super fun for us. Oh, I'm the worst. My poor boys. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We all have different strengths. We all have different strengths. We all need the friend to come organize our kitchen drawers for us and our closets. Yes. My boys can enjoy my my, uh, organized drawers. I think another one for me is movies. Like I love movies so much, but I think for me, a movie can either be so refreshing or it can be what I use to kind of numb. And it all just depends on like how I'm coming into it. Um, if I have actually taken care of anxiety in ways that are healthy before, then movies are really refreshing, but they can also be something that I go to that I kind of think is like self-care, but it actually isn't taking care of me. Um, it's, I'm actually using it to numb. Okay. I want to press into that a little more. Cause I think that is a really good point. And so, especially with a lot of the things I listed, I know that I can, there's sometimes when I do those just truly for fun, like I'm going and there's other times where I'm like, I just want to run away. Like I need mm-hmm. to do anything, but what is on my mind right now. And this is like my escape. This is my numbing mechanism. It's like just purely self-driven to get me out of this scenario um, that I'm in. And so I think that's a really dangerous part of this personal self-care idea is really trying to figure out, Hey, am I just really trying to do something I enjoy? And so that I'm able to give back to others and love others, or am I really just trying to escape from the reality of what's going on in my life right now and really just making things worse? Yeah, that's so true. 
I mean, I think that's where Netflix binges come in because, you know, there's no stop. You can just keep going and going and going. Just the one more, one more, one more. And uh, it's it's an easy way to escape. So it is good to kind of think through. It's like, okay, am I enjoying this? Can I stop at any moment? Or am I just trying to run away and get lost in this? Yeah, and I think that's where the question of, is doing the harder thing actually going to be taking care of myself better would come into play? Would actually sitting down and processing some emotions actually take care of myself better than this movie? Um, and it just takes a lot of self-awareness in the moment, which is hard. It's hard whenever you are kind of wanting to numb to be that self-aware, but I think it's something we can practice and get better at the more we do. Absolutely. I know for me, that's something I think about when I'm just like, I'm going to go run errands. You know, I'm like, am I really running errands or do I have like things to solve in my own heart? Do I need to turn to spiritual self-care first? Do I need to assess like my mental self-care or am I just running straight to, um, personal self-care. I think that's the easiest one for me to run to. I think you bring up a good point, Adrian, that really spiritual self-care is what allows us to enjoy the other self-cares more. I think that whenever we start a day with spiritual self-care, that's what sets us up to view these other areas as things that are really refreshing instead of coping mechanisms. So I think that that's a really good point. Absolutely. Cause really our spiritual life, our relationship with God is the only thing that can absolutely fully fulfill us. I know we talk about relationships all day long on this podcast and spoiler alert for Leah and anyone not married, a spouse will never completely fulfill you like a relationship with God can. And so as we talk about like target runs or ultra runs or Chinese foot massages, whatever it is, like none of those things can actually like fulfill you like a relationship with God can. So that's why that spiritual self-care is so important. Yes. And I'm just going to throw a little wrench in this too, because um, I know most of our listeners are um, younger women, but you know, when you become a mom, this is a whole new topic. You know, I remember having a baby and going, okay, how am I supposed to wash my hair? You know, how am I supposed to go anywhere? How am I supposed to, you know, you're not getting any sleep. You're not doing, you know, it's like, it's a whole new ball game. And like, I had all these wonderful routines in my quiet time and, you know, and it was just like, um, that was when scripture memory was a big part of my life. Cause I could just sit and feed my child and focus on one verse and uh, so anyway, that's a whole nother topic, but just thought I'd throw that in as a mom because I know some moms are listening to us right now and they're just kind of laughing because <laughs> self-care <laughs> is important, um, but it just looks a lot different when you're a mom. Oh, I know for me, I'm not a mom yet, but when I look on social media, the moms that I follow, especially the influencers, they are all like put together, their hair is curled, their makeup is done, their kids are all put together. And I'm like, I'm getting this image of what parenting or what the home looks like. And the reality is that may be true, but that probably isn't true a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I mean, there'd be days that I could get ready and look all right, <laughs> <laughs> but you just, I mean, you just have to. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, that's good for me as a single girl girl to hear and all the single girls out there. This is the time to just enjoy your self-care while you can. <laughs> enjoy doing the two-hour quiet time. Enjoy doing the two-hour workout. Enjoy getting to spend your money on nails because likely this season will not always be there. And so that's just another good um, reason to be grateful and to enjoy our singleness and not just wish for the next season because self-care will look different. Exactly. And one thing I just want to throw out is that, you know, if we can get our hearts to a point where 
what we want is really what God wants. You know, it's like each morning I pray, God, help me to want what you want. And when we're wanting what God wants for us and we find joy in being obedient to that, it really does um, filter out in the rest of our world. You know, so it's like if I am uh, taking care of my child and I'm not able to get my nails done, I'm not able to go to the gym, I'm not able to do some of these things. But if my heart is to be obedient to what God has for me and I find joy in that, then taking care of my child um, is becomes a joy. And uh, helping, serving my family in whatever way becomes a joy. And so it's not dependent on whether or not I get my way. Kim, that's such a good point because I think that that brings up an opportunity for us as single girls to really prioritize the spiritual self-care and really make that our primary self-care like we've been talking about because then as we go through different seasons of life, the other areas will look different. And so we can practice making spiritual self-care really what we go to to take care of ourselves. Not that these other areas are bad, but they will always be changing. And so, yeah, that's a really helpful perspective. Yeah, well, you're very welcome. Glad to add into the conversation. We always like what you have to add, Kim. It's so, so, so good. And so, yeah, I think we can totally wrap up there because you guys are just spot on. And I'm glad that we're getting to talk about this, you know, somewhat spicy topic because it's all over Instagram, just the idea of self-care. And guys, spoiler alert, it's not going to be unlocked by some long walk on the beach or baking your favorite cookies or those target runs. No, it's really unlocked in a relationship with Jesus alone. So it's his healing, his forgiveness, his restoration, his hope, his transforming grace. And he offers the ultimate self-care for us. He is so much bigger than any of the hardships that we're facing. He's so much stronger than our greatest weakness. He's brighter than the deepest, deepest darkness in our life. And so he's the one we should run to. It's not the lies that our culture is saying the self-care will ultimately um, fulfill. That's a word, Adrian. <laughs> so That's good. good. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm so glad that we talked about this today. I hope this has been helpful to our listeners. And uh, yeah, what a great, great conversation. Thank you for all your prep and thinking it through, Adrian. Yeah, you bet. I just think it's so important. It's like, hey, we ultimately are engaging in this idea of self-care because we want to glorify God with the bodies that he created and we want to help care for and meet the needs of others. Yeah, and that's what brings the greatest joy. Well... We still have a lot to talk about, don't we, ladies? <laughs> so we, we hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One.